Hello and welcome to the West Point Sermon Podcast. This is your place for audio for past and future messages if there's something you missed out on or if there's something you want to hear again. Video versions of this podcast are available at the link in the podcast description if you want the full audio and visual experience. Be sure to subscribe so you get updates when new sermons are posted. Thanks so much for listening. Well, we're in this uh, message series and we're going to finish it up today. And I think it's a great day, great message for Father's Day. Um, but we've been talking about um, what it means to be in the fire of God. And this morning, I want to wrap things up by talking about the fire of God's presence. And we've been talking about Moses, and we talked about uh, what he experienced at the burning bush, and how he encountered the fire of God, and how it gave him direction for his life. And we followed his story a little bit further, and we talked about the pillar of fire at night that guided the Israelites, the fire of his direction, or the fire of his leading, and how God led the people of Israel through the path that he wanted them to go, and how he protected them from being sidetracked. But today, I want to talk about this experience that Moses had encountering the fire of God's presence, and how it changed him, and how it it made him different, how it impacted his life in such an incredible way, and how a people who were just maybe half a mile away from that experience, completely missed it. And I want you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 24. And we're going to start in verse 12, and we're going to read through this passage. And then we're going to take a look at what happens next in the story. We won't read through the whole thing because it's like several chapters long. But I want to focus first on these first six verses. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, that I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and commandment. Now, I was thinking about this a little bit. I'm like, Moses, come up to the mountain so I can give you some really heavy rocks for you to carry back down the mountain. (laughs) Like already this is sounding like a bad idea, but God had plans. And so he said, which I've written for their instruction. So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua and Moses went into the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, wait for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and her are with you. And whoever has the dispute, let him go to them. Now, I want us to understand something. And that's the significance, the importance of getting away and spending time with God. Now, we all know the importance of like taking a vacation. And I know there are a lot of families that I've talked to that they're on vacation this week and and they're on a trip or something like that. And that's great to get away and to rest and to take a break from your work, from your job, from all the busyness of your life. But as significant as that is, how much more important is it significant to get away and spend time with the one who created you, with the one who formed you, with the one who made you who you are? We need that time away from the noise of life. And even if it is just a few hours or even 30 minutes to spend away and to to get away and to spend some time listening to God's voice and hearing what he has to say. It's maybe one of the most important things that you can do. So he said, wait here for us. If you have a problem, talk to somebody else. In other words, I'm shutting off my cell phone and I'm spending some time listening to the voice of God. And if there's a problem, somebody else can handle it. You know, I think sometimes uh, we're 
a little bit full of ourselves and we think that nobody else can handle the things that, that we can handle, right? Like, well, if I leave, what's going to happen? Next Sunday, I'm going to be on vacation. And you know what? Uh, I am fully confident that we're going to have an awesome church service here, even though I'm not here, right? Because God's presence isn't dependent on me. And sometimes we get so wrapped up in our lives that we think, well, if I take time away to spend time with God, and if I unplug and pull away from, from all the distractions of life, everything is going to fall apart. Can I tell you something? You're not that important. Right? God is capable of managing things without you. And you need time to pull out and unplug and spend some time refreshing in his presence. So verse 15, then Moses went up on the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain and the glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called out to Moses in the midst of the cloud. And this is awesome here. Verse 17, now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Now imagine for a second, you just sent your leader up into the mountain to go spend some time with God. And all of a sudden, there's a ball of fire where he was. Probably freaking out a little bit. Like, uh, okay, Moses is gone, right? We're going to have to find something else to do. Moses entered the cloud, went up into the mountain, and he was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. I hope he brought a granola bar or two. All right, that's a long time. Now, while he was up there, and we won't get into this, but you can, like, if you want to flip through it on your own at some point, uh, God gives Moses a bunch of instructions while he's up there because he's planning this tabernacle that's to be built to worship God. And so he gives Moses the plans for the tabernacle and for the ark and for the altar that's in the tabernacle and for the priest's garments. And, and you know what? I mean, pastors, their clothing is important, okay? So these are important details, all right? This is a joke. You guys can laugh. <laughs> right? Like, uh, so they had to worry about the, what the priests were going to wear. They had to worry about the consecration of the priests and the taxes because they had to pay for this thing and the anointing oil and the incense and, and who to hire as the foreman for the construction and, and how to practice the Sabbath day and all of these different things. And eventually, um, there were ten laws that God gave Moses that he said, these are more significant than the others, and I'm going to write them on stone so that you can bring them and set them before the people. And those, of course, we know as the Ten Commandments. The thou shalt nots, Right. All the things that, that uh, God wanted his people to know. And so Moses is up there for 40 days in a ball of fire, and the people are thinking, we're probably never going to see him again. And if we jump ahead a few chapters, it talks about what happened while Moses was up in that cloud. It says, when the people saw that Moses were delayed to come down from the mountain, they gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Hey, Aaron, why don't you make us some gods who will go before us? Because Moses is gone, and our connection 
with the God who led us out of Egypt is gone. So let's make our own gods. Now, that might sound incredibly stupid to you in our cultural context today. But we make our own gods all the time. We even build worship centers for them. They're called stadiums. Right? We find things that, that we think are the most important things in life. And we create altars of worship towards those things. And, and it's not just sports, and it's not just, you know, that's, that's a huge one in our culture, but we all have different things that, that we're inclined to worship, that we're inclined to elevate the significance and importance of over the God that we should worship. And while we don't do what maybe the people of Israel did and, and create an image out of gold, we find ways to elevate things above our Creator, above our God. So Aaron said to them, take off all your rings of gold and all, all the earrings that your wives are wearing, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. Sounds like a good plan. Okay, everybody get your jewelry, bring it in, and we're going to melt it. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And he said, these are your gods, O Israel, who have brought you up out of the land of Egypt. They didn't exist five minutes ago. But somehow they brought you up out of the land of Egypt. I mean, think about the absurdity of what's going on here. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. So as God is telling Moses how to build the altar to him, Aaron is building an altar to this golden calf that they created. These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And he built an altar. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and rose up to play. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. In other words, Moses, you know how you thought you could leave and leave Aaron in charge? Actually, you were wrong on that one. They're idiots, okay? <laughs> like, and the Lord said to Moses, I've seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. All right? That's a nice way of saying they're dumb, all right? I mean, so now, therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn against them, and I may consume them in order that I may make a great nation of you. And here's where Moses shows his character. Moses implored the Lord of his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say, what evil intent did he bring them out to kill them in the mountains and consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your burning anger and relentless disaster against your people. Remember your promises. Remember Abraham and Isaac and Israel, your servants, whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven. And all this land that I promised I will give to your offspring and they shall inherit it forever. Now the question I have for you today is, do you really think God forgot about the promises that he made? 
I don't think so. I don't think our God is stupid and forgetful. I think that he was developing Moses as a leader. And Moses showed the change in his heart. Remember, this was the same guy two weeks ago when we talked about him. He was like, listen, I know your people need to go, but I'm not your guy. I can't do this. Find somebody else. I know like they're in slavery and they're suffering right now, but I just, I'm not feeling it. Do you see how far he's come? Where now he's saying, God, this was your promise. Your promises are good. Your promises are true. And I can stand on them. And I'm confident you're not going to go out this way. Do you see how he's changed in his heart? Listen, as a father, that is the kind of resolve that we need as we lead our homes. That we remind God of his promises. That we stand on those promises with confidence. That even in those moments when we're tested and when we're tried, we can say, God, your faithfulness never changes. Your promises are true. And I'm going to stand on your word and I'm going to stand in confidence. And I'm not going to fear what's going to happen tomorrow because I know that you're with me. That is what leadership in the home looks like. Moses implored God and said, If you leave them here, what are the Egyptians going to say? Remember the promises that you made. So then Moses turned and went down from the mountain. Now, Moses wasn't, like, happy about what the people were doing. In fact, um, he still had a little bit of a temper. He went down from the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, tablets that were written on both sides, on the front and the back, He went down the mountain and said, there is a noise of war in the camp. Actually, when Joshua heard the noise, Joshua was with Moses, remember. He said, there's a noise of war in the camp. So he hadn't talked to God about what was going on. But he said, it is not the shout of victory or the sound of the cry of defeat, but I hear the sound of singing. And as he came near the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, Moses' anger burned hot. And he threw the tablets out of his hand and broke them at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf, which they had made, and burned it with fire to the ground to powder and scattered it on the water and made the people of Israel drink it. Right? Like, that, I mean, there's, there's got to be a lesson in there somehow. Like, <laughs> like all right, here's your God. Burned it to powder, stuck it in the water, and said, okay, drink it. Like, that's tough right there. Moses said to Aaron, what did these people do to you? In other words, you must have some really good reason why you allowed them to do this. Like, were they threatening your life? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord burn hot. You know the people. They are set on evil. Boy, it sure didn't sound like they had to work very hard to convince him earlier in the verse. Build us a God, Aaron. Okay, bring me your jewelry. (laughs) For they said to me, make us gods who shall go before us. And for this, Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So I said to them, let any have gold, take it off. And they said to 
they gave it to me, and I threw it in the fire, and out came this calf. Believable story. Um, how many know that it doesn't work that way, right? If you were to take your jewelry and throw it into a fire, there's not going to be a little calf that comes walking out of the fire, right? Like it's going to be a puddle. And so Moses is sitting there listening to this, and I'm sure he's thinking like, what? And when Moses saw that the people had broken loose, and that Aaron had let them break loose to the derision of their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Come to me. And the sons of Levi gathered around him. Now the next part of this chapter, he gives them instructions to deal with the people who are not on the Lord's side. And I'll tell you what, it didn't end well for those people. 3,000 people died that day at the hand of the Levites. But I believe that God is still issuing that cry today. That he's saying, if you are on the Lord's side, come to me. Come experience my presence. You know, as the worship team comes and as we prepare to close, we're going to have an extended time of worship here at the end. And, and we're going to celebrate together the goodness and the faithfulness of God. But I want to highlight something that I think could be easily missed. You see, Moses went up to the mountain and he experienced God's presence. And he had this incredible interaction with the fire of God. And all the people who were just down the mountain looked up and they saw what God was doing with Moses. They witnessed the fire of God, but they didn't experience it for themselves. They missed it by just a few feet. If you're content to be near the presence of God, you will never experience the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life. But if you're willing to walk into the cloud into his presence and you're willing to engage and interact with his presence god's presence will alter the course of your life and will give you direction and will give you leading and guiding and that direction will extend to your family men i want to challenge you as the leader of your home you need the presence of god you can't do it on your own you're doing an awesome job so proud of you for being here this Sunday and for showing your family what it means to be a godly leader. But now take that next step and encounter his presence. Because it's the presence of God that will take you further than you could go on your own. They all witnessed what Moses experienced. Don't be an observer but encounter his presence. And God will give you the grace and the patience and the endurance to lead your family in the path that he's called you on.